America it has not yet hit here, but it is a sign that it could easily be that way. We're trying to keep it in check. Nations are the Italy is being hit now by it more strongly than the other countries. They don't know about Iran. They think Iran been, has been hit harder than they will let on that they have been. And all this stuff is going on in the world today, and everybody doesn't quite know where they are. If you go try to buy a hand sanitizer in a drugstore now, you can't buy it. How many of you know that? Yeah, okay. Go to Walgreens, tell them you want some hand sanitizer, and they'll say, we're all sold out. They'll tell you that. That's right. They're not lying to you. They really are. And they'll say, as soon as we get it in, <clears throat> it's gone. It's just like just that quick. And all of that, of course, is... Uh, because of this this uh, coronavirus situation that they are all very concerned about, I was uh, noticing the effects that it's having in certain industries, like the airline industry. I heard about a guy that got on a plane the other day from Orlando and flew to California on a business trip. He said hardly nobody was on the plane. That's that's uh, it's affecting the airlines industry all over travel. And the cruising industry big, was becoming one of the biggest uh, vacation-type industries in, in America, and now the cruising industry is really taking a hit. And I don't have to tell you all of that. This uh, cruise ship, this, this Princess cruise ship, I think they call it Diamond Cruise, the Diamond Princess, is off the coast of San Francisco, and they won't let it come in. It's been sitting out there, and they got, they got ships, small boats around it, Oh, it will not come ashore. It's like Alcatraz, you know. The people on there, there's 3,000 people on that ship. And somebody had the, 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 the virus, and so everybody else has to sort of stay under quarantine. So I know they're getting fed, and they've got a place to sleep and stuff like that. But you're confined. I mean, a prison, they feed you in prison, you know. <laughs> you got a bed to sleep in, but you're confined. That's the point about it all. So here's this cruise ship, one of the most beautiful. I saw a picture of it the other day, and it, I mean, it's a beautiful, magnificent cruise ship. I probably, I probably, I'm sure it cost billions of dollars. Airline planes sitting in, in the airport, billions of dollars invested in them. They're sitting there, and a little old virus, a little old virus, praise the Lord, that's got turned, that's gotten loose in the world now, has affected it. And what I thought about. I thought, God, I don't care how great that man can do things and how fabulous that he can seem to move ahead in things. God can do the smallest little thing and can stop it or put it, put it to naught or to bring it to nothing. And I'm just using that for an example to illustrate here to you that God, praise the Lord, will do his thing in these last days. Now, I want to talk to you about the coming of the Lord and things. I want you to look, for, look at something in the scriptures here. If you've got your Bibles, turn with us to John, uh, turn with us to Matthew, rather. Matthew 16, this is just a verse of scripture that I want to read to you here. And it's found in Mark as well, and Luke, I think, as well, too. But uh, the one in Mark 16, 2 and 3, Matthew 16, 2 and 3. And these were Pharisees and Sadducees that Jesus was talking to. And uh, and they asked him for a sign. And here's what he says in verse 2. He answered and said unto them, 
When it is evening, you say it would be fair weather for the sky is red. Verse 3, and in the morning, it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and lowering. He says, you look at the sky and you can tell what kind of day it's going to be. And then he goes on to say, oh, ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can you not discern the signs of the times? And of course, Jesus was speaking here to the Jews of his day, not understanding that their Messiah had come and that they had a visitation from God and that the Lord could either heal them, save them, deliver them, or he could judge them either way. And they were not wise enough to discern that their time had come through Jesus Christ. And Jesus was right there. Their Messiah had come. The promised Messiah that was promised all through the scriptures. Here he was, right, walking before them. And they could not discern the times that they were in. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about this because I really feel within my own heart that we are living in the sign, we are living in the time of the end, close to it. We are approaching the coming of the Lord. There is a scripture in Hosea 6.2 that says that Israel will be dispersed in all the nations for two days, and on the third day he will raise them up. Now the Bible says a day with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. It says that in Second Peter, I think it is. It also says it in Psalms. It also shows it in the scriptures. The Lord said to Adam and Eve, in the day that you eat this fruit, the day that you eat this fruit, you shall surely die. They did not die in a 24-hour day. They lived within a thousand years. Uh, I think it was 930 years, I believe it was, for Adam. Adam died 930 years. Methuselah, who lived the longest of anyone that's ever lived, 969 years, but within a thousand years. So when the Bible says a day with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years one day, it's speaking of a dispensational day. So when the Lord said that Israel should be scattered in all the world for two days, we have to assume then that that's 2,000 year period. Well, we're in the year 2000. If you take zero date when Jesus came to this earth, and I'm not going to try to get into all the nitty-gritty of when and, and the details on what particular year and all that because nobody knows the year or the day of the coming of the Lord. I'll read some scripture on that in a minute. But I am saying we're getting close to the time. And as we draw near to the time, the word of God is a two-edged sword. It both will save, it will cleanse us, it will deliver us, give us promises, give us peace, but it will also send judgment. It will also spell out judgment. And so in these last days, I sincerely believe that God is trying to warn backsliders and hypocrites to get right with God. Anybody can, you know, can get loose in their walk with God, but there comes a time when it's time to put away all that hypocrisy and let's get down to business to walk with God. Uh, people can backslide. We have relatives, loved ones, friends that have backslidden from God. We have young people that have grown up in the church and they've gone out in the world. Don't give up on them. Keep praying for them. Because God will begin to let things develop and things happen to let them see 
and know, you know what, if I'm going to get right with God, it's time to get right with God. And, I'm, and, and they'll turn to the Lord and be saved. So keep praying for your loved one. This is one of the reasons I believe that God allows us to see a few things on the surface and a few things that's coming down the pike toward us. <clears throat> and the Lord, praise the Lord, wants us to be ready to meet him. Now, the Lord is coming back for his church. We don't know when, but he's coming back for his church. I want you to look with me, if you would, uh, here in, uh, I think it's in Acts chapter 1. This, uh, I'm sorry, in John chapter, tw- uh, chapter uh, 14. John 14, this is what Jesus said in 14.2. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Now, if you've got your Bibles, and if you'll mark that down in your Bibles, I will come again. And praise the Lord. Uh, And receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. So the Lord's promised us that he's coming back again. Not only did the Jesus promise of that and spoke of it in parables of different types, like a master would give give, uh, his servants gifts and talents and say, now take this and take care of it when I come back. They'd give an account, and then he'd go away and come back. He gave parables like that about his return. Now, here's one found in, in Acts. This is where the angel says that the Lord was speaking to his disciples. And then after he got through talking to his disciples, he was on the Mount of Olives over on the east side of Jerusalem. They had just talked about the temple on the, on the other side. Now, on the ninth verse, it says, When he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. Jesus, this is 40 days after the resurrection. Excuse me. <clears throat> so 40 days after his resurrection, he was taken up in the air. And it says, and a, Bible, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. These were angels. They were looking up like this. Jesus was going up and going up and up. I mean, have you ever seen a, one of these moon shots at nighttime, daytime? Yeah, you just watch them and it, go, it keeps going, it keeps going, and you watch it and you, until all you see is a little small light, you know. And, and then you start not sure if that's the light that you're looking at or not. It's just an actual while it's gone. But you're looking up. Well, in this case, Jesus went up, and they were just standing there, his disciples standing around watching him go up. And as they went up, suddenly there two men stood next to them. And when they looked back, you know, at each other, two men were standing there in white apparel. Look at the scriptures here. Verse 10, and while they looked steadfastly up toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Verse 11, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven. (coughs) Excuse me shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Praise the Lord. So he's going to come back. So Jesus said he was coming back. These angels said he was coming back. So Jesus is coming back. And I think all of us are very much aware that there is coming the coming of the Lord and Jesus is coming back for his church. Praise the Lord. Now, 
The gospel is going to be preached in all the world. I want you to look with me, if you would, please, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. This is found in Matthew uh, 24. It's found in Mark 13. It's found in Luke 21. These are other chapters that record the same thing that Jesus was teaching his disciples. I'm reading from Matthew here, and this is uh, 24, 14. And this is what Jesus said to his disciples. In this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. So he's telling them, now I'm going to tell you about when it is. After the gospel is preached in all the world. Do you understand what we're saying here? Now, if I'm, if, if I'm correct, boy, this gospel has been preached all over the world. Now, I don't know to what extent it has to be preached, but I do know, praise the Lord, that it has been preached to a great extent all over the world. Do I believe Jesus could come tomorrow? Yes. Do I believe he may not come tomorrow? Yes. Do I believe it may be 20 years before he comes? Yes. Because nobody knows the day nor the hour of the coming of the Lord, and the Lord has reserved that for his knowledge only. Not even the angels know when the Lord's coming back. Excuse me. <coughs> As you know, there's been a lot of dust that's been created here in the, all this, and so I get, I'm a little, I'm experiencing that a little bit. So pardon me for coughing here. So the scriptures here says that the gospel is preached in all the world now. Let me give you another verse of scripture. Look at verse 31 in that 24th chapter of Matthew. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other, which is really a description of the rapture. Now, Paul talks about it extensively. Uh, he talks about it in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, talks about it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, you know, Lord, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and so forth. And we which are alive and remain should be caught up to meet him in the air. So here is a scripture here saying that this is what will happen. Now, look at verse 36. I'm, I'm still here in Matthew chapter 24. Look at verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. That's the coming of the Lord now. No, not the angels of heaven, not uh, but my Father only. Not even the angels know when the Lord is coming back. And so he says, only my father only. Look at verse 42. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Look at verse 44. I'm still in Matthew 24 here. Therefore, be ye also ready for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. All of these verses telling us you don't know when he's going to come, but he's going to come. And you'll never know. That's why when somebody... Some guy out here, whether he's a preacher or not a preacher, when he starts saying, oh, it's going to happen on such and such a day, uh, such and such a time, such and such a year, forget it. You know, go to your calendar and mark it off. It won't happen here because nobody knows the day or the hour they come with the Lord. There was somebody here. I remember them saying the Lord would come in 88, 88 was it 80, 86 reasons, 88 reasons why Jesus would come in 1988. I'd heard before that he was coming in 1986. Then in 1980, within the ones that wrote the book coming in 1988, they put out another book following. We made a mistake. Jesus coming in 1989. He didn't come in 1989. And it follows on down. And then there was somebody saying that he was going to come, I think, around the year 2000. I can't remember what date. Was it 1999 or year 2000 something? 
Uh, he would come on December. They had it all figured out. December the 21st, I think it was. I mean, I'm, I'm just going by memory, so if I'm wrong, forgive me on it. Anyhow, they said it's coming on. And it came and went, and, you know, they said the Mayan calendar. Well, I've got a Mayan calendar. You buy those down in Central America down there. If you're ever on down that way, you can buy them, the Mayan calendar. It doesn't say nothing. It doesn't, I mean, they just hammered it up. And these old calendars all predicting at the end of the world, they don't know. They didn't know then, and they still don't know. So it's people trying to say, set a date. Nobody knows the day, so when somebody says the Lord's coming back such such a time, forget it. Amen. Just forget it. So this scripture here says, and I'm going to read this 44th verse again, Therefore be ye also ready for in such hours ye think not, son of man coming. Look at verse 50. This is where he is talking about a servant and his master going away and saying, you know, be mindful of the things that I put in your hand and put in your trust. He says in verse 50 here, I'm still in 2450 here of Matthew. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him and in an hour that he is not aware of. And one more verse, chapter 25, verse 13. Watch therefore, for you, you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So, man, here are one, two, three, four, five verses right here together. Remember in the original text, there was no chapters 24, 25. They were all together here. Jesus, all Jesus is speaking here. So what I am trying to tell you here today is that the Lord kept saying, nobody knows the day nor the hour of the time or the coming of the Son of Man. Praise the Lord. But, everybody still with me? But, he says there shall be signs, and we are to be able to read the signs of the times. Amen. Signs of the times. Now, the signs of the time are spelled out in the Word of God, too. Things that will begin to happen in the last days. And when you see these things, then he says, understand that it's getting close to the coming of the Lord. These are signs of the time. So nobody, while nobody knows, there are signs. I want you to look with me in, in Luke 21. Luke 21 were teachings of Jesus as well. Look at the 24th verse. Just stay with me and bear with me for a moment here. I'm going to get back to this, uh, this coronavirus in a few moments here. Look here in uh, verse 21, 24. Are you still with me? Yes. All right. And that clock. Oh, the clock is running. Good. Okay, I see it up there. 10, 24. They got it on time, too. God bless you folks for being up and up and with it today. Amen. We're an hour ahead. You're here. God bless you. All right. Luke 21 and 24. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led. This is speaking of Israel now in 70 A.D. Jesus prophesying that the Jews would be overrun by the Romans and that they would fall by the sword. And he spoke this in around 30 A.D. It happened 40 years later, 70 A.D. Jesus was crucified right after he had made these statements. And so and then he rose and went to heaven. But he's prophesied that Jerusalem, that Jerusalem would be conquered. And he talks about the wrath upon this people in verse 23. Verse 24, and they, the Jews, shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. That happened, and they were led in all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles. And it was and still is being trodden down by the Gentiles, even though Israel is a, its own nation the tourists are trodden it down now. Thank God for that. I'll just leave that for what it's worth. 
Look at the end of that 24th verse. Until, to be tried not to, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And this same expression, times of the Gentiles, is also mentioned in Romans 11:25, where it says that Israel would be blinded and would not understand that Jesus was their Messiah until the time of the Gentiles was fulfilled and complete. So we're still living in the times of the Gentiles, and we're toward the end of that now. We're coming down toward the end of it. So I want you to notice that. It says, until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled, or the church age, as we are part of that time of the Gentiles. Look at verse 25 now. There shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in stars. I'm going to give you some verses for this in a moment over in the book of Revelation. And upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity and sea and waves roaring. If you have your Bible right in there, tsunami. Tsunamis or tsunami. This is whenever there's tidal wave. Tidal wave, tsunami, same thing. It's when a huge wave is created out in the ocean from an earthquake or something in the ocean. And that wave begins to roll across the ocean. <clears throat> it may take hours and hours for it to roll, but it'll keep rolling until it hits shore. Wherever it hits shore at, it wipes out everything, I guess, I don't know for how long, half a mile on the shoreline. Just wipes it out, washes it away, and destroys it instantly. You all, you're aware, very well of that. Uh, over in, uh, in, the, in Asia, over there, they had a tidal wave or tsunami here a while back and killed thousands of people. And the Lord said to his people, I'll always protect you and keep, your, keep my hand on you. And uh, <coughs> we were on a cruise ship, and we had, we had met this guy who was a Christian from, one of, from that country. We talked to him and everything, and he had even come uh, into uh, in Port Canaveral one time, called my daughter and John Denise, and wanted to come to church here, you know, and so forth. And... Uh, but that's how acquainted he had gotten with this guy who was one of the waiters, I think it was, at one of the tables. And uh, later on, that tsunami hit over there. And we all wondered, did this guy survive? What happened? And later, later on, we found out that he did survive. And they told us the reason he survived was because he was a Christian. And that was a Muslim country. And all the Christians in December have to go out of the lower land and go up in the mountains to keep Christmas and to worship Jesus because the Muslim will not allow them to exercise observing Christmas where they were. And it was at Christmas time, it was at Christmas time that this tsunami hit. Everybody still with me? At Christmas time, the tsunami hit. The Christians were all up in the mountains and it never affected them. Not one Christian died. But here, the, the, the people that had reported 100,000 people or whatever it was that died in that tsunami were Muslims. So I'm just trying to tell you here that God also keeps his hand on his people. Praise the Lord. So these are, this is speaking of tsunami, seas roaring. Look at verse 26. Now I'm still here in Luke 21, 26 now. Men's hearts failing them for fear, for looking back to those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Boy, I can give you a lot of scriptures, both Old and New Testament about this. I can just take you right to verses that will just almost look like the prophets were one was copying the other, but they were not. God was giving them the same message. 
to give to us. <coughs> Look at verse 28. And when these things begin, everybody with me now, here's where I'm going. I want you to give, give me your full attention. When these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your head for your redemption draweth nigh. So when you begin to see these things, not when you have, when they're coming at you full force, but when you begin to see certain things developing and certain things happening, then he says, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. So there will be things that will develop. There will be things that will happen among the human race. There will be things that will happen with the earth, earthquakes. We're going to be seeing more earthquakes, too. You will be seeing more earthquakes. Uh, the, the seas roaring, that's, that's an earthly thing. Uh, plagues, I mean, you know, folks, it's, things are changing. I, tornadoes, I mean, I mean, I've heard of tornadoes hitting a, a lot, but killing 12 people in Nashville just the other day, 12 people died in that tornado that hit Nashville. You know, they just just a, a fierce tornado, and uh, you know earthquakes. We're we're in for earthquakes. They're going to start happening, but they're only to let us know that as we see them happening, that it's time to get right with God. It's time to get right with the Lord. God's doing a double work. He's going to warn us of the things that are coming. At the same time, He wants to save the people who are lost. So that's why I want you to keep praying for your backslidden loved ones, for your family members that's not saved. And if you're here today and you're not ready to meet the Lord, by all means, don't keep putting it off because the time will come in which the Lord will say it's enough and he'll catch the bride away. And he'll take the bride away, catch the bride away before he sends the judgment. I'll show you some scriptures on it in a few moments. But uh, I'm just letting you know here that today is the day of salvation when we need to get right and get ready to meet the Lord. So he says, when all these things begin to happen, then look up, for our redemption draweth nigh. Praise the Lord. Now, <clears throat> another thing is that things will happen among us, you know, this, this virus thing. Let me read a scripture to you that many conservative Bible scholars have known is here, and they don't quite know what it is. But it's, a, it's something like what we're experiencing right now with the, the coronavirus, something like that. The coronavirus, I don't know, probably be called in check. They'll come up with some kind of a, uh, with something for it, and they'll, they'll talk. But it, it shows us how everything can change so fast, how everything can change so fast. And even though it has not affected America heavenly yet, heavily, heavily yet, Yet, we can see the effects that it's having on America. <coughs> Somebody's telling me of, all, of certain supplies. You go to these grocery stores, you can't find them. Somebody said, you go to Walmart. Walmart said, we're being cleaned out of everything, of certain things, you know, household items. In case they run out, they want to make sure they got them. I told you about, you know, the hand sanitizer. You can't even buy it. I don't know. They say when as soon as it gets in, it, 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 it's, it's gone. And so I'm only telling you that to say this, that it shows you the effects of it. I also read that, uh, that the world is so united together in trade that if one little thing like it has happened in China affects one nation, 
it can begin to affect the whole world. It can, it can interfere with trade. And trade is one of the factors that keep us from going to war with each other. That, that's also a factor. In other words, if we're, making, if we're trading with a nation, we're not going to go to war with them because we're trading with them. They buy our good, we buy our good, we're on good friendly terms. So if the whole world is in a, in a global trading, that's probably a good thing to keep us all out of war. But you can have a virus like this that can break all of that up and change that, and things can change just overnight. Now, let me read this verse of Scripture to you here. And I'm not saying this is the coronavirus. I'm just saying that it's something. And all, and all Bible scholars are aware of it. I'm reading here from Isaiah chapter uh, 28 and verse 21. Isaiah 28, 21. For the Lord should rise up as uh, in, the, in Mount Perazim. He shall, he shall be wroth as in the valley of Gibeon, that he may do his work, his strange work, and bring to pass his act... His strange act. What is this? Look at verse 22. Now, therefore, be ye not mockers, lest your bands be made strong. For I have heard from the Lord God of hosts a consumption, even determined upon the whole earth. A consumption. Now, let me read you another verse about the consumption. This is found in Isaiah, and this is in chapter 10, verse 22 and 23. <clears throat> For though thy people Israel be as the sand of the sea, yet a remnant of them shall return. The consumption decreed shall overthrow with righteousness. For the Lord God of hosts shall make a consumption even determined in the midst of all the land. The word consumption means to consume, to consume. So if there is a virus or something, in other words, God can take the smallest thing and he can use it, amen, to bring about what he wants to bring about so that he could bring about disaster upon the earth so that not only is we being attacked by, by germs and things of this nature, but we're also being <clears throat> affected by what, how we respond to that. And then we are being affected by the earth itself with, with tidal waves and earthquakes and, uh, and tornadoes and hurricanes and all forth. They say that the, west, the east, east coast here of, of Florida is not out of danger of a tsunami. They say that could be a huge earthquake out there off, there, off the Canary Islands uh, over in off Africa. Some of you are nodding your head. You understand what you know about it. And uh, the tidal waves could be created. They could roll up here and they could hit the east coast of Florida and wipe out, I don't know how far, many, how many blocks, probably all of the, the beaches as we would know it and so forth. But I'm only saying this to you and I here today is that these things are to let us know that today is the time to get ready and to be ready to meet the Lord. I'm not saying that this, this coronavirus is going to come and it's going to be the judgments of God. I'm not saying that. It could be, but I don't think it will be. But it could be. But it, there's something that's coming. There's going to be a consumption of some type. And all of these things that are coming, then there's going to be signs in the heavens that let us know that God is getting ready to bring back, uh, come back for his people and to take his people to be with him in glory. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
So uh, there's going to be the rapture of the church. And I uh, talked to you about 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 through 55. Sometimes look at that verse. It talk, talks about the coming of the Lord. Also, 1 Corinthians, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. says pretty well the same thing. The dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord there. So shall we ever be with the Lord. All these verses and many others as well. We do not yet know how we shall appear, but we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I'm just quoting the scripture here because I don't want to, you know, keep reading a lot of verses and scriptures to you. But I just want to say here that there is coming a judgment upon the earth, and the Lord is getting his church ready. Now, <clears throat> let me show you something in the scriptures here. Uh, I'm going to refer over here to Revelation chapter 4 for a minute. Chapter 4, verse 4. Everybody with me? Still with me? <clears throat> Round about the throne, verse 2 says, I, I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And then it says in verse 4, And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Now, if I had a chance of time here to run reference on this, White raiment is the clothing of the bride of Christ. That's the church. That's the rapture of the church, the people, clothed in white. The uh, Bible says we shall walk with him in white and other scriptures too. I won't go into detail. Also, the crowns of gold talks about our crown. And I won't go into detail there. It's right here in, in, the, in the book of Revelation as well. But it goes on to say here, and I want to go over here chapter 5 and verse 8 real quick. These are the 420 elders. This is a symbolic uh, figure and a number and a scene here that was given unto John, a symbolic scene of the church in heaven. Look what it says here in 5.8. It says that when he had taken the book, this is Jesus taking the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Not one person from another person, but the transference of judgment from God the Father to God the Son. Not two different persons, but two manifestations of the same God. It's the symbolic term of the Lord saying, as God, I'm not going to judge you, but because I was man, God man, because I was man on this earth and I suffered, then I am rightfully, I can judge you. And that's what he was doing. Well, God is so righteous and so perfect and pure that this is the way he will judge us. I can take you over to John and show you other scriptures where the judgment will be put in the hands of Jesus Christ. I won't go any further with that. That's just... Bible study in itself. Look at verse 8. And when he had taken the book, the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors. What's that? Which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, now listen to this closely. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. This is the judgment book now, the book of judgment. For thou was slain, that's Christ, and hast redeemed us to God, that's Christ, by thy blood out of every kindred. You've redeemed us, Lord, out of every kindred, tongue, and people, and nation. That's the Gentile church. You understand what I'm saying? So when it talks about the 420 elders, this is symbolic here of the church. And it goes on to say here that they were singing this song and saying that you are worthy to redeem us and take us. And I've got just a few minutes here, and let me refer to one other scripture here. Over in the sixth chapter, 
when you get there, then it comes back to the things that will begin to happen on the earth. It talks about a white horse, a red horse, a black horse, and a pale horse. I won't go into detail on it. The white horse, verse 2, represents a peace that will come on the earth after the rapture, but it's short-lived and it's false. It had a bow but no arrow. Verse 4 talks about a red horse, and it goes on to say that it is war, and there was given unto him a great sword to take peace from the earth. And verse 5 talks about a black horse where the, there's, going to be, uh, there's going to be a famine that will come on the earth after the rapture takes place. This is after the rapture. So what you and I will see is the things that begin to build up to the coming of the Lord and the things that will begin to happen in the world to let us know it's time for the Lord to come. So I'm just saying here, look for these things. These are signs of the end time. And they are signs to let us know that is coming of the Lord. People who don't believe the word and they don't believe the Bible, they don't believe in Jesus Christ, they'll say, I don't believe that stuff. And consequently, they will have to suffer the consequences because they, are not, they will not be saved. But you and I who will say, this is the Lord speaking to us and the Lord warning us and wants us to be saved. And therefore, it's time for me to repent of my sins. It's time for me to be baptized in Jesus' name if I haven't already. Excuse me. It's time for me to receive his, receive his spirit. The Bible said, for without his spirit, we're none of his. And if that spirit that was in Christ also dwell in you, it shall quicken your mortal body. That means make alive. Quicken your mortal body. That's the rapture of the church. So we have to have his spirit in us to be able to go in the rapture, to go up. Praise the Lord. So I'm just pointing out to you here that these things are all warnings here of the Lord. Then it talks about <clears throat> I'm, I'm still here in Revelation of the judgments of God. In verse 5 is the black horse. Then finally in verse 8 is the pale horse. And it says here, And his name that said on him was death and hell followed with him, and power was given unto him over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. The terrible, terrible times that are coming on the earth. And uh, it goes on then in verse 12. On down through 14, it talks about the same things that Jesus talked about. It said there would be signs in the heavens, the stars that will fall to the earth. That's meteorites bombarding the earth. And the heavens shall move like a scroll. That's shooting stars you'll see in the heavens. If you're here, I hope you're not. And every mountain island were moved out of their places. That's earthquakes. These things will all happen. And kings of the earth, will, great men will hide themselves and Pray that the rocks will fall on them. Finally, verse 17, I'm going to close with this. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? The great day of his wrath. Now, here's what the Bible says about the wrath of God. This is 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So God is not going to give us his wrath, but he's going to give us his grace, his love, his mercy, and his goodness. Folks, while it is day, while it is day, let us help everybody we can to be saved. <clears throat> Let's talk to our loved ones and relatives. Let's witness to everybody because it is still day. For while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. So while it is day, it's time. Today is the day of salvation. But suddenly it'll, it'll happen. Suddenly it'll be gone. And no man knows the day nor the hour. But the Lord will all of a sudden take it all away 
and it'll all happen, praise the Lord, because the Lord has said that it would happen. Amen. Don't you, don't you, aren't you thankful you love the Lord? Don't you love him with all your heart here today? You know, God bless you people. You get up this morning and you got dressed and you came to the house of God. And others will be coming in a few minutes and they did the same thing because they want to hear the word of God. They want to be saved. We want to go to heaven one day. We don't know when it's going to be. But you know what? If I don't know when it's going to be, just living for God is a joy. There's peace. There's happiness. Lay down at night and go to sleep. Walk with the Lord and God will give you something in this life that's worth living for. Besides eternal life is yet to come.